Hello and welcome to Stories from India, a podcast where we talk about myths, legends and folk tales from India. I am your host Narad Muni and I'm a mythological character myself. I have the gift of eternal life and knowledge of the past, the present and the future. By profession, I'm a traveling musician and a storyteller. So the way I'm doing my job is by podcast. In this episode, we are doing a folk tale from the state of Punjab. This one has some magical elements. A talking tiger, a magic box with a genie substitute, a princess abduction, and a shape-shifting monster. Our story begins with a poor boy, Kumar, and his mother, Bhagya. They lived at the edge of town. Let me explain why they were poor. Bhagya was recently widowed. Her husband had been a soldier in the king's army. Despite his very dangerous profession, he did not really have life insurance or any kind of a retirement plan or pension. Kumar and Bhagya were down to their last pennies. They had nothing to live on. Kumar, get up and go find some work. You're the breadwinner now. Bhagya said for the hundredth time. But I already looked at all the contests and lotteries. No one's offering bread instead of prize money, grumbled Kumar. He ducked swiftly as Bhagya threw something at him. All right, all right, I'll go. At least get me some seed capital. How can I go out into the world with nothing at all? He asked. So they rifled through her husband's belongings. Bhagya's luck kicked in right away. They found six paise. Better than nothing. Kumar took four paise and started off towards town. There was no work for him there, unfortunately. He had built quite the reputation for laziness and no one wanted to offer him employment so he decided to try his luck in a neighboring town his way there was through a dark forest unlike modern indian forest this one actually had tigers in it within minutes of entering the forest he heard a howl it was almost as if it came from a tigress in pain because she had a thorn stuck in her paw. A sensible person would move away from that noise. But Kumar went closer. He had diagnosed the situation correctly. It was a tigress in a cave, crying with pain because a big thorn was stuck in her paw. But Kumar still did not walk away. As he approached the tigress, she did not attack him. Instead, 
she spoke. Innocent passerby, can you help me please? Not at all shocked that a tigress had just spoken a human language, Kumar got right into the negotiating bit. I could, but what would I get in return? He asked. How about I serve you for dinner? Asked the tigress. I mean, I could serve you dinner, she quickly added, seeing the horror on his face. Not good enough, said Kumar. Now, if you could give me something that allows me to never ever have to work again, that would be perfect. Yeah, like I said, I could serve you for dinner, repeated the tigress. You'd never ever have to work or live or breathe again. But then, seeing his expression, she relented. All right, all right. I'll give you riches and I promise not to harm you. The tigress's word was good enough for Kumar and he promptly pulled out the thorn. She was relieved. She would have hugged Kumar if he hadn't been terrified by her attempt to do so. The tigress gave him a box, a very old and dirty looking box. How can you keep a box like that? asked the boy. You can't even use it without opposable thumbs. Never mind that, said the tigress. This story does not explain that. Anyway, this box is going to change your life. All you have to do is to carry it for 9 kilometers before opening it. Kumar was definitely disappointed. He didn't think that this box would change anything. Walk 9 kilometers indeed. He'd be so far away that it wouldn't be worth his time to come back and argue for a replacement. Probably, what was inside the box was a very vague piece of advice, like the kind you see in a fortune cookie. But Kumar didn't think it would be wise to argue with an apex predator, who would probably jump at the opportunity to gobble him up if he gave her the chance. But he did decide to get mini-revenge, if he could. He wrote something on a piece of paper and gave it to the tigress and asked her not to open it for nine hours. The note said, You could have removed the thorn yourself with your mouth. Also, you smell terrible. Take a bath. The tigress accepted the note and promised not to open it right away. Kumar thanked her, picked up the box and started walking away. He was carefully tracking the distance. As he kept walking, he got more and more frustrated with the situation. 
he was sure the box was useless. And he could almost swear that it had been getting heavier. It was a tiny box, no longer than a foot, but it seemed to weigh a ton. Finally, Kumar could not stand it anymore. Just shy of the 9-kilometer mark, he angrily tossed the box down on the ground. It broke open and out of it stepped the strangest person Kumar had ever seen. It was a person about a foot tall. Oddly, he resembled a bee. He had little wings that were very hard to see. He even buzzed like a bee. One major difference from a bee was that he had a beard that was a foot and a half long. Bees usually don't have beards longer than themselves. He introduced himself to Kumar with an insult. Couldn't have walked a few more steps, could you? You interrupted the program when it was loading. Now I'm all you get. Which is still a lot more than you deserve. Call me Buzz. Buzz Lightyear? Asked Kumar, remembering his favorite movie. Don't compare me to that commercial toy thing from that evil corporation, you ungrateful boy. Beehive yourself. When Kumar didn't laugh, Buzz added, Get it? I said beehive yourself instead of behave yourself because I'm a bee. Oh, never mind. You're just not in the mood. Quite right, I'm not in the mood, replied Kumar. I've been carrying you for so long. I'm tired and I'm hungry. Say... Could you fetch me some food? Here's four paise. Buzz had to nod. It was an order and he had to obey. He took the four paise and zoomed off in the direction of town. He was so fast, within a second or two, he was in town at the sweet shop. He ordered honey, lots of honey. The store owner had a bit of a hard time transacting with someone whom they could not even see properly over the counter. He was skeptical both of whether Buzz could carry the honeypots and whether he had the money to pay for them. Buzz showed the store owner his money and assured him that as for carrying the pots, why did it matter? For all the store owner knew, maybe Buzz had a U-Haul parked around the corner. The moment Buzz picked up the pots though, he, well, he buzzed off with the pots and the money. Kumar tried some of the honey, but as you can imagine, he got sick pretty quickly of eating just honey. And at that point, of course, Buzz was more than happy to drink all the honey pots clean. 
Let's go over to the kingdom's capital and try our luck, said Kumar. You're the big boss, but if we are going to the capital, I want to look presentable and style my beard. Do you have a honeycomb? He burst out laughing at his own joke. Get it? Honeycomb to comb my beard. Kumar sighed. Hopefully, he would get his riches soon, and then he wouldn't have to endure these bad puns for much longer. They reached the capital very quickly, all thanks to Buzz, who had no trouble running fast even when carrying Kumar. Just as they reached the capital, Kumar happened to see the princess making her way into the palace. This was Princess Pushpa. It was said that she weighed no more and no less than five flowers. Wow, said Buzz. She must need a safety harness everywhere she goes. Otherwise, she'll just float away in any gust of wind. Kumar didn't respond. He was looking dreamy-eyed in the direction the princess had gone in. Buzz, do you know what love at first sight is? He asked. Of course I do, replied Buzz. It was like that with me and my one and true love. This got Kumar's attention. Buzz, your true love? Tell me more, he asked. Her voice is like honey said Buzz. She is Beyonce. And then Buzz burst out laughing at his own joke. Kumar rolled his eyes and then he decided to use his command. He felt he had no choice. The princess wouldn't even give him an audience, he thought. He couldn't file a petition and wait for years. He needed to take action right away. Buzz, I want you to bring me the Princess Pushpa tonight. That's not how courtship works, said Buzz. It's unethical to make me do this dirty work. It's a command, said Kumar. All right. If I'm forced to, I will said Buzz. But the moment the princess expresses the slightest discomfort, I'll return her to the palace. And that night, Buzz did bring the princess over. Given how lightweight she was and how fast Buzz moved, Buzz thought that it would be better to carry her bed with her in it. The bed added some weight and reduced the risk of her being blown away. He deposited the bed outside the city where Kumar was waiting. The two patiently waited for Pushpa to wake up. When she did, Buzz gave her the rundown. All right, princess, here's the deal. 
I'm the guy who transported your bed here at the command of that guy because I took pity on him. But I'm really on your side. All you have to do is to give me a warning, any warning, and I'll return you back to your palace. And don't be afraid of him. A fool with a bee is no more dangerous than being with a fool. Again, Buzz laughed at his own joke. Bee puns really sting, said Kumar to Pushpa by way of introduction. And that got Pushpa laughing. She seemed glad to have met Kumar. Buzz was glad that he didn't have to intervene. After Kumar and Pushpa got to know each other better, they decided that they would go travel the world, have some adventures together. But Kumar and Pushpa both thought that two is company and B is a crowd. So they asked Buzz to, well, buzz off. If you wish, he replied. Then he pulled out a hair from his beard and said, Keep this with you. If you're in trouble, burn this hair and I'll be right with you. This is a free bee, just because I like you. And what are you going to do after this, Buzz? Asked Pushpa, as Buzz prepared to depart. I've decided I'll get together with Beyonce again. We'll form a band. Maybe we'll call it the Bee Gees. Well, goodbye. Have a great honeymoon. May the swarm be with you. He went off, and the new couple went on their way as well. Pretty soon, though, the couple got into trouble. The kind of deep trouble where they did not even realize they were in trouble. Their enthusiasm for adventure quickly faded when they walked for a long time and were soon hungry and tired. I guess they had expected to be shuttled from one major attraction to another. And so far, all they had seen was trees, grass, rocks. That's all I have seen. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I call this trouble. Let's call Buzz, said Pushpa. Give Buzz a buzz, you mean? asked Kumar. But before she could retort, a voice broke in. Are you in trouble? Can I help? It was what looked like a kindly old gentleman. Yes, if it's not too much trouble, said Pushpa. We are tired and hungry and thirsty. Come home. I'll be more than glad to have you for lunch. Have you over for lunch, you mean? Began Pushpa. But Kumar shushed her, not wanting the old gentleman to take offence. The old man introduced himself as Danav and took them home. 
Why don't you get started chopping vegetables? I'll collect firewood, he suggested. That was fine for the new couple. It was a bit odd though when he handed them a big bunch of keys and said, Here are the keys to the pantry and to all the shelves in the cupboard. Whatever you do though, don't open the golden shelf with the golden key. Not at all wondering why anyone would bother to keep their vegetables and pots and pans under lock and key, the couple happily explored everything. The cutlery was solid gold. That made sense why it was locked. But locking vegetables was weird. Pushpa had a nagging suspicion. She took the golden key and over Kumar's objections, opened the golden shelf. In it, she was horrified to find bones. Human bones. Dhanav was a demon and he was planning on eating them. She quickly took the hair from Buzz's beard and set it on fire in the kitchen. I guess there was a little bit of a fire already burning, so it's not totally inconsistent with Dhanav's need to fetch firewood. Dhanav burst in and saw the open golden shelf. He dropped his disguise and changed into his normal self. He was a gigantic demon with sharp fangs and an evil grin on his face. He was about to grab Kumar and Pushpa when the door burst open again. It was Buzz who had made it back. Seeing Buzz and knowing right away what a formidable opponent this was going to be, Danav shapeshifted into a bird, specifically a bee-eater. He was going to grab Buzz in his beak. But Buzz could shapeshift too. He became a giant hawk. Danav turned tail and flew off, with Buzz in hot pursuit. They rocketed off into the sky until they got near heaven, where Indra, the king of the Devs, was enjoying a concert. By yours truly. Yup. I make an appearance in this story. In case you haven't realized it by now, I'm a pretty popular kind of guy. And I'm a really good Veena player. Dhanav quickly transformed into a rose and fell on Indra's lap. Buzz did not dare grab Dhanav from where he lay. Buzz did not stand a chance if Indra were to take offence. So Buzz transformed himself into a drummer. I was still playing my veena, belting out a pretty complicated tune, and mid-song, Buzz joined in with the drums. He was an amazing drummer. His musical career seemed very promising indeed. No wonder he had wanted to form the Bee Gees, 
with Beyonce. When the concert was over to thunderous applause, Indra had to offer something to this newbie, who seemed to be magical with drums. He offered gold, silver and magical stuff. But all Buzz wanted was the rose that lay in Indra's lap. The moment Indra handed over the rose, Buzz began shredding all the petals on it. The final petal, however, fell down and transformed into a mouse and attempted to scurry away. I say attempted because Buzz had transformed into a cat and he pounced quickly on the mouse. He gobbled up the mouse and that was the end of Dhanav. Buzz bid farewell to his new fans in heaven, promising to return for another concert in the future. He flew right back down to Dhanav's home, where Pushpa and Kumar were waiting. The couple had had enough adventures. They decided that the right thing to do here was to go back to Kumar's home, to check in on his mom, who all this time was struggling to survive on the two pence she had left. Buzz and the couple did take away with them Dhanav's treasury, and they moved to a bigger home. They had a big house-swarming party, where they had invited Buzz as well. As for Buzz, he did become a big success in the musical world. For him, it was always meant to be. He lives in America now and he has become a USB. We might do a concert together sometime. I might do a contest and free ticket giveaway on this show. Maybe. That's all for now. A few notes on the show. As usual, I've picked Hindi names based on what the characters do. Kumar means boy or youth. Bhagya is luck. She's lucky, though admittedly, her luck only kicks in after Kumar and Pushpa return. Pushpa means flower, which goes well with her frequent description in the original folktale of how she weighed exactly five flowers. Now, parts of this tale may remind you of Aladdin and the Magic Lamp from the tales of the Arabian Nights. And the medieval European fairy tale was in boots. In truth, the story is closer to the tinderbox by Hans Christian Andersen rather than to Aladdin's story. But obviously, that does not mean that any one story originated from the other. Kumar opened the box, just short of carrying it for a full 9 kilometers, very much like Orpheus, the character from Greek mythology. It's not clear what would have happened if he had fully followed the tigress's instructions. Maybe he would have received a full-fledged genie instead. We'll never know.
that's all I have for this week. In the next episode, we'll do a couple of Akbar and Birbal stories again. We'll see how Birbal tricks a trickster and how he cleverly answers tricky questions. If you have comments or suggestions, or if there are particular stories you would like to hear, please do let me know by leaving a comment or a review on the site sfipodcast.com or tweet at sfipodcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. Thanks to all of you listeners for your continued support and your feedback. The music is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple-planet.com. I'll see you next time. Thank you.